listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Our supporters support us on Patreon. Visit us at patreon.com slash 9to5cc. This is a podcast, and if you've started listening now, that's a weird choice. But it is still a podcast. This is 90s. What do we talk about, Scott? We talk about Trump and Trudeau. We talk about Chappelle's new special on Netflix and Shane Gillis and Bill Burr. We talk about the It's Always Sunny season finale and how we didn't see the Joker. Nope. We follow it up with some talk of the Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw of the movie Destination Wedding of Robot Jocks of the best movie ever. And we hit mm. some questions from a listener. Yep. I'm super excited about the best movie ever. It looks like it's going to be the best. Yeah, what did we miss last week? I'm pretty sure Trump's getting impeached. Or is at least, he? Or he is having impeachment hearings against him. There's the, the Nancy Pelosi in the house, yes. but it's not going to go no. anywhere. No, it's not going to do anything. Because it it's, does. It's amazing. I love him doubling down and just saying, I'm going to do something stupid right to the media. Yeah, here's the tapes of me doing it, and then being like, not... It's so, it's so crazy. It's just absurd. I don't think I did anything wrong with the president of Ukraine. And I'm going to ask China right now. If they have any dirt on the Bidens, they should give it to me. <laughs> yep. And I love like um, John Oliver is talking about it. He's like, as absurd as all of this is and whatever, and especially at the speed of which, like, anything political will happen, it's going to be like a non-factor, right? Like, yeah. there, there's one functionally one year left of his presidency, like one year and three months left. Like, if any, there are hearings and then it gets tied up in, what is it? Democrats control the House and then Republicans control the Senate. Right. Yeah. That's it. It'll get tied up in whatever in the Senate. And by the time it becomes anything, there'll be like two months till election time anyway. And even if they do impeach him, like you have a Mike Pence presidency, like functionally it changes nothing. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's just I think that it maybe plays to the Democrats hands of looking like they tried to impeach the president and whatever. And I think it's like the Russia thing. It's all a big distraction. Ain't I mean, nothing going to come out of it. I don't think anything has to necessarily come out of it for it to be a big enough deal that it could potentially sway the election in the Dems' favor, depending on how on how much the Republicans back up their men, or they're just going to throw them under the bus and say, like, whatever, and just wash their hands of it, and mm -hmm. then be like, here's our new guy who isn't this. Whatever whatever the case may be, it's insane. But like John Oliver was like, as insane as all of this is, he's like, let's just be clear that, like, Publicly asking world leaders for help against your enemies is dictatorship behavior. <laughs> like, that's just so clear, regardless of all the stupidity and all that stuff. Being like, the leadership of another country should give me dirt on my political opponents. It's pretty terrible. Pretty dang awful. <laughs> Hilarious. America. We have an election coming up in Canada. Yeah. And who knows about that one. Everything is awful there, too. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of dirt throwing at old, old Mr. Trudeau. Yeah. A lot, a lot of dirt. Man, the conservatives are very, they're running on a platform of please not Trudeau, which seems like every conservative platform, every time they've ever wanted to take back power. Is like, not this not liberal. this liberal guy. He's corrupt. Yeah. Every election. Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. And then, and then the liberals will say, oh, we lost. And then they'll bring up a new guy and be like, look, he's new. And the rest of Canada will be like, yeah, that guy's going to be the good one. I mean, there was there was there was a pretty awful like decade under Harper also that like like how can you not be massively? You can go back to the, the early eighties and, and and Trudeau's dad, Papa yeah. Trudeau, same yeah. thing. Mulroney came in and was like, 
Trudeau is, is crooked. I'm going to take power for a while. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Clean, clean shit up. And then he was an awful conservative. And uh, that kept going for a while. And then we got, then we got Crutchane. We're just like, all right, this guy's a real straight shooter. I'm like, oh, wait, no, he's got all kinds Do of... Do you remember him choking out that protester? I mean, that badass. was badass. That was badass. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a liberal thing, too. You just kind of be badass on a, on a personal level and then let your whole government run. Like Trudeau has all those crazy. boxing matches. So apparently, someone is sitting on a Me Too accusation for Trudeau for some girl who was 17 when he was a teacher at that, that college. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Whatever. And they're like, it's supposed to come out in the next couple of weeks. It's so skeezy. Yep. It's so messed up. It's like, it's so... That's why you vet your leaders. Yeah. Apparently, he he lied to the vetting people about this particular one. Like, he knew those pictures were out there, and he didn't say anything about it because he was so embarrassed and he didn't know what to do, <laughs> which is pretty pretty legit. And it, it does appear that it's, like, disappeared yeah. since it came out. I don't know if you guys have been following that story anymore. Yeah, it kind of, like... It, it like, away. for, like, three days, everybody was well, talking about but it. But, I mean, I think that there, there is the the reality that people were like, okay, that's crappy. That was when, like, yes, he was old enough to know better, but it was also 20 years ago. Like, yep. like it's, yep. there's like, like the thing, the whole. Because we didn't know bra- blackface was wrong in 2000. Again, Ugh. so, but if you talk about intention, it's an ignorant thing. Like, he's dressed up as Aladdin, or he's dressed up as, like, a Rastafarian. He's not dressed up, like, it's bad. I'm not saying it's okay. It is bad, and he should have known it's bad. I'm not saying that's okay. But it was, like. They were costume pieces. It wasn't like the guy dressed up as a black person next to the KKK guy. You know, like it's there's a different. I thing. also think that there's a difference between wearing dark colored face makeup, playing somebody who's not your race, and like blackface. Blackface yeah. was kind of an American thing. I don't. I, mean, I think it's pretty shitty. Oh, and, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I not don't want to say it's okay, but yeah. I'm saying, but it comes from. To me, it comes from a place of ignorance, not as a place of hate. Is where just, I'm saying, like, it's inappropriate. Just, I'm Disney not gonna... already whitewashed Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> he decided that he needed to yeah. be darker. He was like, <laughs> I'm going to fix this, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, to me, it comes from a place out of, like, like ignorance and not a place out of hatred. I think he was legitimately I feel like trying... it's ignorant because it's a bad Aladdin costume. <laughs> that's, that's not a thing that... Yeah, we happen. saw the Disney thing. Aladdin was clearly white. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it but made it, him less recognizable as Aladdin. That's what I'm saying. But it's kind of that. It's that whole thing, like back, back to like, like the Trump issue and whatever. Where I know it was a joke meme, but the the joke thing that Scott shared, where like the Monica Lewinsky being like, if the only thing that will get him impeached is a blowjob. Like I'll take one for the team. Yeah. But it's still it, really funny. It is. It's <laughs> it a it's fake. a funny joke, but it's like there's different like those things as like as wrong as they are and as like as accountable as they should be held like held to an accountability and stuff don't necessarily change the way you root run the country asking like foreign leaders for aid and digging up dirt on your like those are different things like mm-hmm. i could not care less if this was the 90s and i was american and bill clinton got a blowjob from someone who wasn't his wife that doesn't change how he runs the country that's just he's like a pervy dude you know what i mean like mm-hmm. th- like it's there's just different degrees there and i'm like yeah like i was like that's crappy and i'm like i'm you know, not necessarily super comfortable that our leader did that, but it doesn't like there are other things to be mad at Trudeau about, like his actual policy, not mm-hmm. about like stupid crap that he did 20 years ago. Did, mm-hmm. did like, and that's what I hate about like the mudslinging stuff in this. D- but, but in in all of the media's defense, all of this blackface stuff disappeared. Yeah, days and, after it, because I think yeah. it didn't catch right. Yeah. Like if it had like if someone had like 
taken it and ran with it, or it had just well, done... I feel like Quebec sort of did, because they've been throwing that shit up at the NDP's face, left, right, and center. Mm. <laughs> Take your turban off. Dress like one of us. You don't belong here. Like, yeah. thanks a lot, Quebec. Like, who was it? There was Do you that... guys want to talk about that one? Bill 21? Bill 20. So that's the, the Quebec one where teachers are no longer... The secularism law. Teachers are no longer allowed to wear... Public servants, yeah. I don't know. I, I just if you asked me in isolation from anything else, should somebody in a position of authority be allowed to advertise their organization? If you just say it like that, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, maybe p- teachers should <laughs> not be advertising their organizations. Like if it's a Google T-shirt, you would be like, get the fuck off of that. You, you can't be or like Nike. I'm with swoosh. you. Except yeah, there's a complete lack of sincerity from our government where they're saying that's for sure. Oh, yes. Christian symbols, that's cultural, that's not religious. Well, go fuck yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah as, soon no. as, as soon as it's, they it's started the, backing the Apple... that, it was yeah. like, oh, yeah. you guys are just racist. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's it. If the, if the rule is only being applied against, like... Well, that's it. Certain minorities. Not that's, us. Yeah, if, yeah. It's only, if they're saying, oh, this is for everyone. Well, I mean, not us, but everyone, everyone else. Like, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Well, it's like the um, the Eddie Murphy thing, right? Like, I don't know if you saw that, uh, how Eddie Murphy uh, apologized for uh, some of the jokes and stuff in Raw and Delirious, like mm-hmm. the portrayal of, like, just like, like the, the, like, homophobic stuff and, mm-hmm. like, violence against women stuff and, like, and, like, and all that, like, and he apologized for it. And everyone was like, man... Eddie Murphy, what a stand-up guy. And I was like, which then, in my mind, like, begged the question. I was like, how long ago was another time? Because you're like, it was a different time, but it seems to apply to mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's, like, raw and delirious, because it was almost, like, 40 years ago. <laughs> you know, and you're like, long enough. Like, 20 years ago? No, 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 no. And you're like... true to a blackface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like, I was like, where, where does another time actually, like, stop and start? Like, when does yeah. a different time... Well, that's... Um... A PR person saying people are talking about Dave Chappelle right now. Eddie Murphy, go get some PR by apologizing. Yeah, because Chappelle's new uh, Netflix special is testy. Did you like it? I did. Mm-hmm. I did have some issues with his choice, and that was definitely a choice on his part to go after the LGBT. Um, Population mm-hmm. and was interested by mm-hmm. that. Not 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 a huge fan of of that. Yeah, of that take like which pot shots you're taking and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's like George Carlin. Don't don't punch down. Yeah, comedy comedy is never about punching the the marginalized people. It's not. Yeah, it shouldn't be. It's and, not and, and 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 if you are, you're being a jerk. Yeah, like yeah. Well, I mean that's the whole. What's his name? Shane. So the SNL thing. Um, I don't know. Gillis? Gillis? Shane Gillis? Something like that. So anyway, and which I have hypothesized. Uh, we talked about it on Go Plug Yourself. I think the whole thing is a publicity stunt. What is it? So anyway, so SNL hired a right-wing comic mm-hmm. uh, as a writer this year. No, uh, a player. Player. As a, oh, yeah. Uh, feature player. Yeah, feature, feature player. As a feature player this year. So um, And then it came out that he had like said awful... like. Racist, sexist, all this stuff on podcasts like a year ago, mm-hmm. like so, so definitely not a different time. <laughs> like like 2018, you can hear him like talking about like conf- the Confederate War and stuff, and like all this nonsense and stuff. Yeah. And SNL. Re- really, really strong anti-Asian language. Yeah, exactly. Where where there are other big 
Pryor was the first ever Asian cast member who also happens to be uh, a member of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. So I was like, whoa. I was like, and, and this guy was like particularly hard against Asians. Was he not vetted? Huh? Like that's so, crazy and this thing. is why this I think is. this is a publicity stunt. Yeah. Because they are like, oh, in light of this and blah 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 blah, they fired him immediately. He hasn't didn't play a single second on wow. on SNL. And then I was like, I was like, I think this benefits both parties. Where I was like, SNL can be like, well, we tried to hire someone right wing. He can be like, I got fired from SNL. Well, exactly. SNL can be like, we tried to hire someone right wing to make our like our our comedy more whatever. But they're just so awful, and they can safely just keep operating in their like left wing echo chamber because they tried and fired this guy. And the and, other guy can open up for Jeff Dunham. Yeah. Right. Like I was like, this guy's playing stadiums in the south. Like he's got to be. Like this notoriety is monstrous, huh. and he's playing off of it. And his Google hits are through the roof. Like they made him singularly famous amongst the right. Where he was just like a medium star, he's now a mega star. Both sides win in like a crappy, awful way. But if you want to compare and contrast with Chappelle's recent Netflix special, Mm. Chappelle, you can see that the thought process and the the writing of jokes there, uh, this this Shane guy was just just high school stupid, just calling names and making uh, mockery voices. But bad. This worked out for him, no? Like somehow, yeah. yeah. In modern America, I can't understand <laughs> who is who is watching this. Who's who's hitting unsubscribe? Yeah. So first headlining comedy show after his SNL firing. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. Oh my god! In Philadelphia. Oh my god! I'm shocked. <laughs> whenever, In Philadelphia. When, whenever I hear Philadelphia and comedy, I think of Bill Burr. It's still the greatest thing in the whole wide world. What did you say? Well, the Bill Burr was doing like a, I think it was like an Opie and Anthony like show where it was like a bunch of comedians and uh, Philadelphia decided to do what Philadelphia does, which is to be the worst crowd imaginable mm-hmm. at anything. And uh, they decided that they wanted to get to the headliners as a f- fan base and just booed every comic off the stage to like cut their get to the f- cut their sets short to like, presumably try to wow. accelerate the show to get to the headliner and in like a, one of the higher seated spots is like Bill Burr and they're just like booing him and whatever and all that stuff and he's just sort of like he's like fine he's like he's like I get paid by the minute and he's like and I'm gonna run my time but we're not gonna do my set we're gonna do every shitty like awful terrible thing that every sports franchise from this city has gone so get down to go down memory lane of like all of the most embarrassing and awful things in the history of Philadelphia sports that's amazing and he just starts running through like hockey baseball football like everything and it's the best Burr's from Beantown right yeah 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 and he's he's from Boston it's like a Bostonian just getting up there like like literally like it's every like blown like blown call fumble whatever like take takes a shot at hockey pants in like in mid at Cooper all yes amazing <laughs> sort of like one of the only idiot teams that try to play hockey in pants <laughs> like just like just throwing it in it's like you can look it up online it's just like his like he's, it's 14 minutes of him just being like this is why your city is terrible at sports <laughs> and ultimately though wins the crowd like the crowd like <laughs> how do you know so much about us with it must be from love. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I was like, what a great response to just being like, get out of here, Philly. Uh, I haven't watched the new uh, the new season, but it started up. The Always Sunny, Always hmm. Sunny has. Uh, I haven't seen anything past been. maybe season ten or so. Uh, so you missed a lot. You missed the season finale of last season. Was it, was, it good? It was beautiful. Brought a cheer to my eye. Riss is watching the Mindy Project now, and Dennis is. One of the characters on yeah. it. Is yeah. He, is he Dennis? No, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to tell with Dennis. Yeah. The season finale of Always Sunny, if you haven't listened to it, is like, yeah. so uh, a lot of it, I think there's like a couple episodes or whatever start to like 
plant the seeds that Mac is gonna wants to come out to his father. Amazing, right? And then, but he like the way he keeps talking about it is. Has just he like, come out to the group? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has now come out to the group, and he's like, he wants to come out to his father. And like, what he keeps talking about it is just like it's. It all sounds like insanity. He's like, it's like me, but like it's not me, and I'm alone, and I'm like curled up like a baby in the rain. And everyone's like, what? And like, and all that stuff. And then it's like, and then like later on, it's like, and then someone comes down, and it's like a woman, but maybe it's not a woman. Maybe it's an angel, and she holds me. And everyone's yeah. like, what is happening? Anyway, so it just like keeps like building and building and building, and then the final like seven minutes of the show is uh like a beautifully executed like interpretive dance piece with mac and this like angel lady in the rain on a stage <laughs> like there is no joke like it's like it's it's well done and well executed and like gut-wrenchingly like meaningful uh-huh. they like their song and dance numbers for exactly the and and, and it like it, it's not like there's nothing there's no like twist or whatever it's just like a beautifully rendered like performance art piece for the like last seven minutes of the episode. Awesome. It's so good. I was like, uh, near the best, always sunny. I like the one where they have them all, like the whole four of them do a song and dance number and it like kind of cuts to their imagination mm-hmm. and there's like steam blowing and they're all like perfect. Yeah. And then it cuts yeah, back to them like, really and they're all fat and out of shape and uh, can't do it. So what else is going on in the pop culture news? We, I bet you know, none of us saw the new Joker movie. Uh, I didn't, but I have it completely spoiled for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've thoroughly spoiled it for myself. I'm more interested now that it's out than I was based on the critical critics talking yeah. about it. I, yeah, appar- apparently if you take one part King of Comedy and one part Taxi Driver and then like sprinkle some dc dust on it you're like that's the movie and like some some of it's like directly ripped off like the um the late night host like slamming him whatever is just straight out of king of comedy and all the which is so meta because it's of course produced it yeah yeah, yeah. like it's it's meta sure but then you're like but then what's the point you know (laughs) like you're like okay so it's the joker like you redid a movie and then i mean spoilers are any of you guys care care about spoilers Mm, the the film apparently like had, does the like fight club like is it all in his head or is it not all in his head mm-hmm. what and i'm like get out of here like i'm like i just don't i don't know if that's done well if it, if it's work. if it's done well but apparently apparently it's a lot of a lot of like style over substance where you're just sort of like if you want to watch that movie like king of comedy and taxi driver exist mm-hmm. and you're like and then you also don't necessarily have the like Style over substance was there as soon as they cast Joaquin Phoenix. Though. Yeah, and apparently like, he's fair. apparently he's amazing in it. And no, but and and, and, and brings generally and brings substance that? too. Like, are you like, saying that like, like a bad thing? No, I feel like he's more spectacle and less craft. Apparently he's 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 a lot of craft in this. Like apparently like mm-hmm. the movie is held together by his performance. Like if it was if it was someone who didn't bring the subtlety to the performance, it would be almost outright bad. Like like from what I've heard is like they're like if this was like a person who didn't like home run joker you'd be like this is a bad movie hmm. like the the di- like actual direction and storytelling is not great because it is so derivative of other things that it's like if you didn't have a guy hardcore like owning the role you'd be like this is are you planning to check it out i think i'll check it out i yeah. mean you know just to see what the uh the incel batman looks like yep i guess because yep. like, that's the other thing too right is like incels are like finally a movie for us sort of <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just, so I just really wish that the people who made the movie would be like, no, it's actually not for you. Yeah, no, it's not. 
sense. And, and and it also has those like problematic elements of like a person like he has like a a gamut of vague mental illness. So that's why he's killing people. Yeah. What does he actually have though? He needs to take medicine uh, it was for just, it. It was just the director. It's Todd Phillips' director. Yeah, yeah. His his comments were the ones that turned me off the movie the most. And he's it's like, like, no one can make a comedy movie anymore. That's why I'm have to resort to making this hyper violent movie. And I was like. Man, you didn't really make a comedy movie before this. You were always kind of shitty. Yeah, he's like his movies are garbage beforehand too. Right? Yeah, like like. But yeah, what, what I, else has he done? I am bringing up the list. Pull up his his filmography here. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like looks, I heard, like relatively good things. Look, about like this looks year. good is well acted, but there's just like ends up kind of being like largely derivative and stuff. And then Road Trip, Old School, Starsky and Hutch. And then he went on to now he's making the new yeah, Joker and he's like movie. saying. It's too PC. It's impossible to make a, a comedy movie anymore. I'm like, well, no. Just every every ten, fifteen years, comedy movies change over, and you have to come up with something new. You can't just put Will Ferrell in a movie and, and yeah. yell at the screen anymore. You gotta, and yeah, you gotta move on from the comedic masterpiece of do it, <laughs> do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. You're, you're done. But yeah, and apparently the other the other thing too is you're like it obviously is like it has a lot to say about society today, but it's set in 1981, so does it? You know, like you're like like it's largely from what I've heard, mm. good. Yeah, it, it's just that you're like if you start to like it hold like the 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 like I read a couple couple reviews of it, and it was like the one that like the thing that kind of stuck out to me is they were like it's presenting itself in such a way that it's like demanding to be held up against movies that obliterate it they're like if it presented itself as like here's a fun origin movie you'd be like cool it's fine but like the 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 like the releases the trailers the way the director talks about it it's like this is an important movie and under that like lens you're like it's not it's Mm -hmm. just it's a it's a joker movie and it's okay like if it was just like a fun joker origin movie and it wasn't presented with all this like hype that it's like supposed to somehow be like an important movie with something to say I think it would look better. Sure, sure. But if you're like, if you're asking to be like a capital F film, people are going to look at you like a capital F film, and then you're going to be like, well, it's largely derivative and kind of like by the numbers, <laughs> you know, like talking depend- about that. Yeah, that is exactly a perfect segue into the movie that I saw this week. Oh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. So holy shit, this movie was great. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Jason Statham. Hobbs, Shaw, their characters who were not in the original Fast and the Furious. They were both, I think, bad guys at various times and then eventually joined the members of the Fast and the Furious because that's what you do. You're a bad guy for a little while and then you join the crew. And they hate each other. And then they buzz balls for two hours and fight robot men. Yep. (laughs) Idris Elba, robot man. That's played by Idris Elba. Is the Transformers crossover then? No. I mean, maybe it's getting there. I mean, it could be. <laughs> it could be. But it might also be Cybernet. Like, I don't... Cyberdyne Systems. Hang on. It's a genuine question. Cybernet. Actual question. Shoot. If there is a Fast and the Furious crossover... With? You, with the Transformers. Yes. That makes so sense. Because they drive cars and the Transformers are cars. Right. But then is there the moment where, like... And this is the scene. And this is... Listen, Hollywood. It's This is the scene. Right? Is, like, you have Hobbs or Shaw or... Uh, what's his name? Dom... Or whoever it is in the you can't co- have them in the same movie anymore though because The Rock and, and Vin Diesel are not friends. No, but I think they could be in the same movie. They just can't be in the same scene. You could shoot around. Yeah, I feel like you can have Vin Diesel has said like now these are two different franchises and it's great because I don't have to work with them anymore. I don't know. I feel like you can have Hobbs in New York and like Dom in like Europe. It's fine. Yeah. 
you can make it work. Anyway, regardless, whoever you have sitting behind the wheel, you can have the argument of the guy trying to get the Transformer to let him take control of the car. And he's like, trust me. And then you're like, Harrod being like, no, man, I got this. And he's like, trust me, just give me the wheel. And like, he's arguing with the car that he's driving. That's the scene. Yeah? Uh, yeah, no. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Idris Elba has robot eyes that have a heads-up display and lets him Sherlock Holmesian predict fight patterns in the movie. Like normally, yeah, like with yeah, but through, then, like, through software. So, but but then he but then punches and stuff don't hurt him. So he's like incoming punch, and he's like Kunk, and then just like fights back. Well, the punches do kind of hurt him. He's not. He doesn't have a robot skeleton. He's just mm. got like like an iPhone in his. Doesn't brain he punch through a wall? Yeah, he does punch through a steel wall. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm like, what? What possible threat to him is coming in through my human punches? Can I spoil? Can I spoil something for Go this for movie? It, dude. So none of them, the, Jason Statham and The Rock, cannot hit Idris Elba because of his computer eyes that lets him predict fight patterns. Okay. Right. And the way they get around this is that one of them has to eat a punch, and in that split second, the other one can hit him really hard. <laughs> so they take turns getting punched, getting punched by robot Idris Elba. So the other guy can hit him really hard. So ridiculous. Everything about this movie was fantastic because they present it as two idiots driving cars really fast and punching other people. And they do it in a way that is outstanding. (laughs) And they go above and beyond that promise. They they do shit in that movie that I'm like, that was really cool. Fuck, that was really cool. They forego long speeches, plot advancement. Just to have another action sequence. It's like the opposite of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> the opposite of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard great things. I mean, I've heard great things about like basically all of the recent Fast and the Furious films where they were like... I, I really liked FF8. I liked Seven. Yeah. This one is in many ways above it all because the cast has been pared down enough. Yeah. That you kind of just yeah, you, you don't need to have you don't need to be giving like Ludacris his uh, his time to shine anymore. You're just like more Hobbs, yeah. more Shaw, and have them be shitty to each other and, and... non-stop ball busting. And then uh, <laughs> and and there's like a, a the fast verse uh, like cliffhanger right with like the mystery mystery voice. Yep. On the thing you you don't remember me, do you, Hobbs? I'm like shit. I don't remember you either. I've watched all these movies. What the fuck is going on? People think it's Robot Han. Justice for Han. What did did Cut, Han ever meet Hobbs? Ho- Hobbs killed Han. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Right? I like it. Right? Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> exactly. And especially... See, see, that's what I'm saying about this movie. At no point when this movie was on or after it was on did I think, man, I better go look stuff up about this movie. <laughs> it was on. I was there. It was off. I was like, that was great. Rest of my life. It's perfect. Yeah. Like it's the like Scott and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand too. Mm. The um like Fast and the Furious delivers on all of the promises that it makes, which is like it's gonna be just dudes punching and, and cars, whatever, but then also manages to not be like shitty. Like there's still a strong female character, mm-hmm. there's nobody's like making like racist jokes or whatever, there's no like racial stereotype. Like and you're like, so it's still like prog- good fun. Yeah, exactly. Good good fun, but without being like the worst. Yeah. Like at one point in the movie, The Rock is like shit. We're our backs are against the wall. I have nothing else I can do right now. I have to go to Samoa, and like, of course he does. And then they need to have a fight with ancient Samoan battle gear because <laughs> there's no guns. Question and because mark. why Who not? cares? <laughs> and because why not? Because Samoa's never had that moment in a crazy action movie before. Uh-huh. They just they just do it. They just make it happen. 
Yeah. And but, and then Roman Reigns showed up, and I was like, oh no. And then they never let him talk, and I was like, yes. Correct. Yeah, it was like Fast and the Furious is one of like the only movies or action movies of its era that passed the uh, the Bechdel test. I don't know. Whatever. Which oh, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, so the Bechdel test is if like it's... Two women on screen have to talk to each other for, have a conversation and not have it be about a man. Yeah, not not be about a man or getting a man or dating or... Or the love Their interest. Their relationship. The yeah. love interest or whatever else like that. And Fast and the Furious, uh, like... Almost, I think every one of them nearly passes because at one point, a female character will talk to another female character about a car. <laughs> so it's like, it just it passes all the time, which is like, yeah. it's one of the standard, like, like so many movies don't pass it. Sure. <laughs> but Fast and the Furious. Well, I'm not sure if Hobbs and Shaw will pass. Well, because there's only the one real female character. Does she talk to the Russian, uh, the Russian murder lingerie squad? Yeah, but I think they're talking about how creepy it is that Shaw is, is making out with her. Hmm. Either way, it's it's very funny that a lot of these movies end up passing this like feminist film test. A lot of movies fail it, which yep. you'd be like surprised by. Uh, so, are we gonna rank this biz? Yeah, this yeah, sounds yeah. like a successful movie, all in all. <laughs> I really liked it. Oh no! Do we have any? Okay, well, I think the obvious point of comparison the is Fate of the Furious, number sixty-six. Yeah, or Triple X. Where's Triple X? I feel like it's way lower. Fate and Furious is... 66. Yeah, so are you, are you, yeah, so I guess Fate and the Furious is also there. Above or beyond uh, Fate and the Furious? I would say it's better than the Fate of the Furious. But then you, then you hit, very then, high. But then you hit some... It's better than Murder of the Orient Express. It's not as good as Baby Driver. Baby Driver's a damn fine movie. Stuff get, and, and is like... Comparable. Comparable. Yeah. They're oh. different movies, even though they are comparable. Yeah. What, what they're trying to do in Baby Driver is not what they're trying to do in Hobbs and Shaw. I watched an awful film. Like, oh, no. a, a movie that is borderline bad enough that it would be, like, a candidate for best movie in the world. Like, so, <laughs> Sarah saw the trailer for this, and she was like, I really want to watch it. Say I was that like, again. Borderline candidate for best movie? Yeah. I mean, best movie for, for our, the, our the, segment. The segment right. where we where we do the best movie in the world, and okay. it inevitably is one of the worst movies in the world. Right. Like, a borderline candidate for that. Okay. So I watched the trailer for this. Sarah was like, I really want to watch it. And I was like, I don't know, man. Something about this trailer, uh, like, I was like, I don't think it's going to be good. Like, I'm like, based, like, and she's like, no, but it's going to be fun bad. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think this is going to be fun bad. I think it's going to be awful. So the movie is called Destination Wedding. Okay. It stars as romantic... Or as a uh, as what's what's the word I'm looking for? Leads, film leads. Yeah, but not necessarily romantic leads, but a uh, like unlikely duo or whatever. Like a uh, like the the drama is supposed to be from they're so different. How can they love each other? There's like a word for that, right? I do not there remember. Is. Romantic foils. I don't know. Uh, Gigli partners. Gigli partners. Ben Affleck, J Lo. Uh, anyway, so the unlikely romance between one Keanu Reeves and one. Winona Ryder. This movie came out like a year ago. Ooh, so it really? is a, Yep. It is a current film called Destination Wedding with Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. How? Right? Aren't they on their way up? Both it's of them? A, it's okay. It's a comedy film, right? Where they get into a wacky uh, Adam Sandler type yeah, catastrophe. No, not really. um, oh, so it's... it's there, I think it, it presents itself, I believe, as kind of it's meant to be a comedy. but it, and, and there are certainly like... A moment or two of chuckle worthiness. But so the point is this is the Keanu Reeves is a completely intolerable 
uh, person who has cut himself off from society and his brother who he or his half brother who he hates is getting married. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winona Ryder is a someone who has given up on love and is completely disenfranchised with love, but thinks that it still exists. Uh, who is uh, the groom's ex fiance? Mm-hmm. So they're going to a destination wedding, uh, and it's called destination wedding. But the destination wedding is in like wine country in California, and I'm like, that's not a destination. I'm like, that's not really like a. That's like, just in California. That's just in California, <laughs> yeah. and you only could we're shooting in California, so. <laughs> so the the, so far the plot of this movie sounds like two people who don't go to a wedding they don't want to be at. Right. No, but they do go to the wedding, <sighs> and um, there are only two characters who have dialogue in this film. <laughs> Really? Yes. There is not a single line spoken by any other character other than Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves as they, like, wax philosophic about, like, the meaning of, like, what it is to be in love and what it is to be, like, a member of society and whether it's worth it or not Was it written it. by someone really pretentious? And then they I mean, like... I guess. I think it was written by someone who really likes Richard Linklater, who is not Richard Linklater. I was going to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> See? That's what I said. It sounds like shitty before sunrise. Yeah, and it is. It's very bad. But and then, but even if the script was amazing, which it isn't, like, would you trust Winona, Winona Ryder and, and Keanu Reeves? I would trust him with a lot of things. I don't but, know. If like, it would like be delivering that. like an hour and a half of solid dialogue. There is. It is solid dialogue. Even when they have sex, the dialogue persists, and it's talking about like the issues that he has with his mother and whatever, even when they're like, there's like a, they're when they're doing the activity days, like there's like those little, um, soccer bubbles or whatever. It's them with the soccer bubbles, not on just talking. Like, it's like, so there's not even any physical comedy or whatever. It is like, I will live and die on the merits of my script that even if it was amazing, which it isn't, you're asking Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder to breathe life into like, didn't we learn about them in Dracula? I mean, like they're really not to be romantic in, leads, but in everything. Like, I mean, like it's not their <laughs> strengths. It's not playing to their strengths in any way, shape, or form. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, the director Victor Levin mm-hmm. is known for being a, a producer for a very long time on Mad About You, okay, Paul Reiser show. Huh. But again, but Mad About was You had it, had the benefit of uh, Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser, who have things like charisma. Was a producer on that? <laughs> was a producer on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Wrote Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wrote a bunch of Mad Men. Again, I feel Wrote that... a film called My Sassy Girl. Ooh. And even uh, then, but even Mad Men, it's like... Even some of the, like, more, like... God, was a like... writer on the Larry Sanders show? This guy's got... Apparently got has chops. writing chops, but, yeah, a, lot, yeah, but a lot of it has hinged on... Like even when someone like kind of like meanders and like waxes philosophic in Mad Men, it's you. They're they're usually hinged by really like tour de force actors. Yeah. <laughs> so so maybe and they're strong characters also. It yeah. sounds like you don't have characters in this right. movie. Right. Like they're both they're both kind of intolerable. Like and 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 there's one Emmys for Mad Men and Mad About You and yeah and Ritz Bresley so like it, it's like they're they're meant to be loathsome. Like <laughs> these are people who are like not functioning members of society kind of. It's like an unfunny, um, uh, you're the worst. Yeah, 
Yeah, kind of. <laughs> anyway, it, it was bad enough that like we were like, let's stop it. But then we were like, I just need to no, see. No, no, it. you want to see this? I just want to watch it through. Like I, I had like such a morbid curiosity. So are you gonna list this up? Sure, man. I yeah. just I watched this. I didn't uh, get in, in the back of, of my mind. I was like, at least I'm gonna talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> um, I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. Oh wow, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> is it the Mummy 2017 with Tom Cruise bad? No. So, <laughs> no. Oh, God, <laughs> it's I'm looking because that had an actual undead character moaning through lines. Hang on. Okay, so below Baywatch. <laughs> I mean, Baywatch had moments. The second Goon movie. Justice League it was. I'm still. I'm looking at movies and I'm like, did I have fun at them? Because this is just barely fun. Like it's it's like it could exist. I think it's not going above another Wolf Cop. Then. <laughs> exactly. I think it 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 exists. It could be watched as an oddity. Is my hmm. takeaway. Okay. Uh, so that's why I'm thinking it goes beneath another Wolf Clock ab- above Dark Phoenix. Wow. That's, that's fine. <laughs> Sounds like, it, buddy. Yeah. sounds like it's better than Dark Phoenix. <laughs> exactly, that's it. But then another Wolf Cop was fun. <laughs> like, like, like I said, this it's a it's a strange ranking because it's not like I it's like some of the movies below it. I'm like, no, never watch this. This is like I could recommend it as being like it's awful, but watch it. <laughs> like, okay. like there's something to, to like just to try to figure out why someone thought this could get made and then did it like it's very strange i uh, watched a movie i want to put on the list really really quickly it's kay. a movie all of us have seen and i feel like it belongs on the sure, list hit me. i saw again very recently robot jocks oh <laughs> Crash so and burn. we're saying better or worse than star wars episode five empire strikes back <laughs> uh, <laughs> so robot jocks if what well, well, it has I, been a I good, can't recall seeing it since we were living together yeah it's been a home. good 10 years yeah, since i've I last think... seen it and i got a hankering for it this was I got one of the, the movie posters from theaters once as a birthday present yeah. and had that up in my bedroom yeah. as an adult. So I think everything time. you need to know about Robot Jocks is that in the future we fight wars with robots on the moon or on war, Mars? War has been outlawed. Is and no, we fight on Earth. We fight on Earth? Yeah. All territorial disputes are settled between giant robot battles. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And As and, it should be. And, 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 one-on-one gladiatorial combat. Yeah, exactly. Con- and giant robot battles as controlled by a single pilot, like not like a, a committee of pilots. Oh, like, yeah. No, Amer- American mecha. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And then Russia decides to have a big four-armed robot or whatever at the end. Cause four-legged get, robot. Four-legged robot because they're like one bipedal robots that are like no Achilles versus Alexander both of them in their 10th fight mm-hmm. in the battle for Alaska <laughs> yeah oh god this movie was so simple and great I'm kind of surprised it's never been rebooted there's like, like space for really awesome robot fights right yeah, now yeah like, like if you're Pacific Rim it yeah. yeah exactly that's yeah. it you just you, you, you slap a someone who's good for at like giant pictures like like big like any like literally anyone who's done a Marvel movie like like those giant mm-hmm. set piece combat things anyone yep. who's directed like the battle like like a Joss Whedon who's done the, the Battle of New York and Avengers yep. or whatever like yep. someone with that pedigree to Just be who like who would you cheer for in an American versus Russian robot battle probably Russia <laughs> I mean you know, right? I mean but yeah but like how about like if I were to reboot Robot Jocks it would be like I would. It'd be even more fun to to do Voltron like, style. You have different countries playing different body parts. 
No, but like like all the robots can combine or mix up in different ways. Can but, you imagine what how much I would pop when they attack with the Canadarm? <laughs> uh, it's so nerdy. I love it. I was going to say, but if you read it, Robot Docs, I would have more than just necessarily a, an America-Russia fight, obviously. But also, I think it would be even crazier if you had... I mean, had, you'd have to throw China in there, of course. Yeah, and, um, but, if, but if you also had, like, non... Wakanda forever? Um, I was going to say, like, non-militaristic political things that, like, like got the resolved. Green Party? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but, like, for instance, like, 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 when the TPP is going or whatever, like, they're, like, in Parliament, like, two politicians and then being, like, we're at an impasse, and then they're, like, robot jocks! And it's just, like, over straight policy. Like, it's not a military conflict. <laughs> and they're, like, yes! <laughs> and then, like, the president, like, of the United States, like, calls up his robot, and then the Prime Minister of Canada calls up his robot, even though it's just, like, an economic dispute. Mm-hmm. That would be, I think that would be the extra fun of robot jocks is yeah. would, be, would be to remove it from the military and this is just like when we're at an impasse even amongst like economic policy we will find a winner mm-hmm. via robots the the acting is still choppy no the, the plot it's like so. sounds generous yeah. when you say choppy <laughs> choppy no it's choppy yeah. okay uh the plot is thin mm. but basic enough that it, it makes sense there's there's a traitor on the american side he's giving secrets away to the the Soviet side, and they have to overcome this to win the big battle. The robots still look amazing. The stop-go animation and green screening mm-hmm. look fine. I was going to ask, like, does it hold up? Yeah, years later, it does. They, I found a, a good uh, HD remaster, and it cleaned up real nice and sharp. Hmm. I can't, I can't even begin to rank this. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it, it seems low, but then it's like, like it gets. A, Pass. I, I I actually kind of know exactly where to put it. Okay. I'm I'm looking better at, or worse than Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Uh, I want to put it right between Garbage Pail Kids and Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. No. Oh. I feel like it fits right in there. I, th- I would have thought it would, you would have bumped it above a little higher. Honestly, it's fun, but it's also very facile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna say, but I'm like, I could have seen like. Personally, I could have seen it like climbing into what number was that, Scott? Uh, is it one forty-eight? One fifty-ish. Garbage Pail yeah, Kids above one forty-nine. And okay, Star Wars and, and Garbage. Yeah, that's the thing. I I was gonna say I, I could have seen it like climbing into uh, like above Rush kind of thing. Sure. Like I, I love this movie. I yeah, don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to let my feelings go un, unspoken. Because these are not great movies that I'm looking at. Yeah. Right here. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the first time I see a movie again. Yeah. I mean, it could go up higher. Like. Like the first kind of movie that like I thought it was okay. Like. Crops. I mean, yeah, it could challenge Crush Groove up there at the 128 level. Mm-hmm. Crush Groove is seriously at 128. This list is all topsy turvy. Rush. Bohemian Basically garbage. <laughs> I mean, that's what you said. <laughs> like anchored by Queen music. Yeah. Uh, I would say like like Dragon Slayer would probably be the ceiling, right around there, one twenty one. When you you watched Rush, I guess. Yep. Like, I, like I said, I can kind of. Like, it's just from what you're saying though, and from my memory, is that much like Hobbs and Shaw, it just delivers on its premise. It does deliver. On like, and that, that's why I'm saying like, like there's some movies that here that are that you, when you put it originally mm. that low, seem, I mean, like, boring and dull and like yeah. miss. So. Sure. Like, yeah. was this a miss by any estimation? No. <laughs> For a movie called Robot Jocks? No, it's basically... It's it's amazing that it's not animated. It, hmm. Yeah, I guess. So, um... 
Yeah. I do mean, you want to assign me a terrible movie, or do you want to get to our Patreon feedback? No, we've got, uh, we've got a movie. Okay, so yeah. both. So we're going to yeah. do a terrible movie first, because yes. we're talking about movies, and then we'll, then we'll hit Patreon. John and I discussed this quickly, and I was able to win out on this. John, John had okay. found something okay, else. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. Um, oh. I found two movies, okay. and I'm going to leave the choice of which one of them uh, you're getting up to you okay, so based on one question. Okay. As a professional wrestling fan... I'm a professional wrestling Which fan. era of the WWF slash WWE appeals to you more? The rock and wrestling era of the mid-80s mm-hmm. or the ruthless aggression era of the late 90s, early aughts, immediately after the um, yeah. Attitude Era. I... I would have to say... you got to watch three pay-per-views from one era right now. Which one are you picking? I, I would probably go, uh, like, the 80s. Rock and wrestling. Rock and wrestling. Oh. Could be due, due to the fact... Like, John seems a little disappointed. I am a little disappointed. But due, due to the fact that, like, Ruthless Aggression was, like, the height of just, like, Lawcena wins and there was not a lot of interesting going on until, like, Punk... Like it was the worst. It was the like it literally. That's the era that made me stop watching wrestling. I mean, like at, we, attitude into ruthless aggression, and then I'd stopped watching wrestling for like a period of time. As as opposed to the the rock and wrestling era, which, which is bad. Which is bad. But I'm just saying. But there, there there's a lot of like, hey, look at that guy, and like Coco the, Beware. Yeah, exactly. Your, your crowd co- pops. Yeah, exactly. Coco well, Beware is showing up. There's your Ultimate Warriors. There's there's all that crap. I'm I'm gonna read a redacted. Uh, plot synopsis here. Sure. Uh, and an arguably appropriate casting choice plays a professional wrestler in this action-packed drama. Oh. Rip is a grappling star who is approached by Brell, the new head of the World Television Network. Is it Brell wants Rip to wrestle on his network. Scott, Rip just called it. What? No holds barred. Damn it's no holds barred. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. As soon as I heard you insists on honoring it. his commitment to another outlet, Brell responds by launching a show called Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> in which the beefy regulars of a particularly rough drinking establishment fight each other on camera. So do you want to pause and watch the trailer? Oh for my now? god, do I want nothing more in life than to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I I have seen this. Uh-huh. <laughs> with a critical eye? Not with a critical eye and not in an extremely long time. I feel that I watched it some at some point in Sejep or something. Like it might so have been, before you it might knew. have been like a movie land rental. <laughs> so this is before you knew. When was that trailer from? 80? 89. 89. So yeah. we're talking nearly 30 years? Yeah. Right? And he still has no hair. Like he had how no hair did he ever. have no hair? He, he had no he hair. He never had hair. He never had hair. No, he always wore the bandana. Back Amazing. In the eighties. So Keith, you saw this movie uh, the first time a good twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and before you knew that Hulk Hogan was a shockingly racist individual. Also, yeah, I guess. So you, you get that. Theme. I have a new, new, new eye to, to stare at <laughs> it. But yeah, no, there's. I'm not going to say there are, there are worse movies you could make me watch on this. Like from what I remember of it. This is watchably bad. Like it, it's awful. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. I'm hope I'm I'm not hoping, but I'm like I'm assuming there's probably some like incredibly cringy dialogue from. Mr. I'm sure that there's going to be Hogan. miserable delivery. <laughs> 
and there's and a love interest. That trailer yeah, exactly. definitely she pops out in her bra. Yeah. And I feel like uh, this podcast talks about wrestling enough, mm-hmm. and you do host a wrestling podcast on occasion. Mm-hmm. On occasion, that may or may not be over slash on. No, no, what's happening? It well, should be on the list. Yeah. Uh, well, Pat's just super, super busy with his actual wrestling job. His, right. Uh, the, the jobs that pay him money to review wrestles, wrestling and stuff. Like, uh-huh. As opposed to doing it for free with some nerds on Yeah, the exactly. That's it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's Scheduling through the summer was kind of going to be a pain in the ass. I don't know. We're, we're talking about maybe doing a uh, like something to wrap up mm-hmm. the, the series. But, uh, yeah, we're all we're all very, very busy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I have... But, yeah, No Holds Barred needs to be on the list. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Do we, are you going to tell me what the other one was, or, or do you, are you going to save it? Man, it's so bad. I don't know. If I'm a little sad that he did not pick it. I really thought I thought this one looked like it was bad, but very tolerably bad. The other one looks intolerably bad. Yes. Yeah. Was it the Marine 3? No. no. You should tell him. I should tell him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He dodged the, this in, bullet. In 2009, Kurt Angle made a movie called Endgame, oh. where he plays a rapey murderer. Oh, no. <laughs> it looks really bad. Kurt Angle. Don't do I it. I mean, it looks like it made... Like a like a bad made for TV movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like with a handicam, you know, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, not like a good cable network, like a yeah. local access made for TV movie, yeah. I mean, I also think that it doesn't star a character named Rip. <laughs> Probably not. I yeah. mean, Kurt Angle at no point attacks a mirror in the trailer for Endgame. But, I mean, uh, who's to say that he doesn't? Uh, I mean, in the trailer, he doesn't. Should I get to our Patreon segment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you uh, support us on Patreon, and we really hope you do, I think at the $5 level and up, you get to uh, tell us if you want us to talk about things, and we will do it because we love you. And we want your money. And we want your money. Exactly. That's it. Support us at any level, but Mm -hmm. at the $5 level, you get to talk to us. Such was the choice of young Jer. Uh, He asks... To support us at the $5 level. No, no, I get it. I get it. Who's the young Jer? Yeah, there's no young. He's (laughs) older than you are. Everybody's a little He's than me. closing in on grandkids now, this chair. Mm. Closing in on I don't think that's right. Um, he says, uh, you each have clear preferences when it comes to TV and film. I'm wondering if those standards hold when you switch to a different medium. I, for one, enjoy different genres of books or audiobooks uh, than those I prefer in the visual medium. Um, I'd be interested in some suggestions for books, particularly things that are outside of what listeners might expect. For example... Could John recommend the last guilty pleasure novel he enjoyed? Hmm. Thoughts? I'm going to have to take a second and think about that. Uh, it could be fun to hear him talk about sincerely enjoying some high fantasy or uh, bodice ripper. Bodice <laughs> ripper. <laughs> uh, similarly, as Scott John thinks about this, <laughs> yeah. I know Scott doesn't really do horror films, but I suspect sus- horror suspense novels might not have the same block. True? False? Do you read um, spooky books? Horror... That it's kind of a misnomer. I don't do the same horror that you guys do. I don't do that extreme horror. Yeah, like the things that will 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 make you think through being very disturbed. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do don't... like a good slasher movie. Or um... I, I still don't think you could pick up like Girl Next Door as a book. No Nor would you know. want to. Nor should anyone <laughs> want to. It's a really dark book. Yep. Um, but like creepy. Fiction, I, so long as it's not about kids, I could still dive yeah, into it. The last one. Do not read Girl Next Door. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, was like um, what creepy fiction? Like I feel you. Like were... I'm a huge fan of The Stand. That is one of my all-time favorite oh. books. And uh, oh, you're a bit of a Stephen King fan in general, no? Like at least somewhat. Uh, Stephen King and Clive Barker were books I read. Yeah. Um, 
formatively, like when I was getting into reading adult books because I was a serious teenager. Mm. Those those were two authors who I read a lot of. Yeah. So things like The Great and Secret Show by by Clive Barker mm-hmm. was really fucking weird, and and I, I loved reading it. And Stephen King books like Needful Things or The Stand again. Um, really, really liked it, and I'm super stoked for the new Stand miniseries that's going to be coming out mm-hmm. on, on cable next year. I don't know how recently it was, but you, I remember you. We were on vacation once a couple of years ago, and you. Uh, you that's you, actually exactly the book I was going to talk yeah, about, which yeah, was yeah. Steel Beach, which Jerry might actually remember from years and years ago when I read it the first time. Mm. But it's like a, it's a sci-fi novel that is by an author. Ugh, I don't remember his name right now. The book was Steel Beach. Anyway, the author um, always put a little too much sex into his books, and it was just like a little weird <laughs> about it, you know? You're saying this after I mentioned Clive Barker. Yeah, no, but this is like... like did a... you ever listen to the Nerdist interview with Clive Barker no, when he goes no. into his house? No. It's like there's dicks everywhere. <laughs> Sculpted monster dicks Jeez. all over the house. And it's not like in a fun, like subversive way, like an Illuminati, where you're like, oh, now it's porn. No, no, it's just dicks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this book has like... A lot, a lot of like the classic hallmarks of good sci-fi. It's just like you know, the f- the future setting allows them to explore different ideas about about humanity yeah, in yeah. general. You know, so the, in this, for example, the characters get to change gender pretty often. It's like a normal thing. You go to a body shop and you you have whatever work you want done. So mm-hmm. you know, get taller or shorter or whatever, change genders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that. But but you know, you you talked about Stephen King. He's probably also on my on my guilty pleasure list of just like yeah. simple books. I probably have read them all many times, or not many, but like I have like a couple of favorite Stephen King books. But I'll yeah. go back and reread them once in a while. Mm-hmm. I actually like, want to throw King. another book out there that I, in the horror genre that I like a lot and mm-hmm. can recommend. There's a book by Kim Newman called Anno Dracula. Oh yeah, I think you've talked about this like way back, way back, way back. I don't know if I have talked about it on the podcast, but I've yeah. definitely doing the podcast for like eight years though. I think you might have. <laughs> the, the premise of this book is super simple and amazing. Yeah, it's it's Victorian England times, Jack the Ripper, Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. Dracula. All of these things are happening at the same time, and so is every vampire that the writer can think of in other forms of fiction. Mm. They all exist. Huh. And that's that's London. Lon- there are vampires in London. People know there are vampires in London. And it's like a fucking Ready Player One of vampires in, in this world. Hmm. I dig it. Hmm. It's a big, fat tome of a book that has a huge appendix telling you where all of these characters are actually oh, from. The source material? Yeah, there's like 50 books and movies and TV shows and stuff where all these vampires and it's not just vampires that existed in their fiction in victorian times Mm -hmm. but vampires that like in a modern setting in their book okay if they said they were 400 years old like you might run across them right so like young so like a like a like a stat or whatever could pop up even though like he's not he was around or whatever you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like um Fucking uh, sparkly vampires from Twilight. Like, they could be there if they were one of those 400-year-old vampires that had waded through or had mentioned being around in England. And it was, like, mm-hmm. an impressive amount of research to weave um, a narrative through all of that amazing fan service. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Right. He also says, uh, it is less clear to me what Keith could surprise us with, but he could think of something. And I was like, I'm th- I was, I've been thinking this entire time. And I, like, I'm like, what book have I read that is, like, surprising 
that I've read. I Come on, didn't you have a, a like a literate, oh, literate degree? It's awesome. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But it wouldn't would any of that surprise you? Public enemies. Public enemies? I haven't read Public Enemies yet. God damn it. <laughs> really? <laughs> He's had my copy of the book from. Yeah. I know. I borrowed years. it from him and read it and gave it back <laughs> yeah, to him exactly. in that time. I haven't read it. But, uh, but would that surprise you that I read a true crime like book? Like, that wouldn't be. I'm trying to think of some, like, a book that I read and enjoyed that I was, like, wasn't expecting to. I'm really, like, really drawing a blank. I've been reading a lot of nonfiction. Uh, I'm in a book club with a bunch of old guys. Like, my dad has a book club, mm-hmm. and they wanted, like, younger input, so they got me and a couple other kids from the mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway, so I read um, Miriam Toes's Women Talking. Mm-hmm. Women, Miriam, Miriam Toes is a fairly famous, I might even be saying her name wrong. She's a, a, a Mennonite. But it's like um, is she, it's like a Pennsylvania Dutch name, so it's pr- pronounced a little what weird. Is it T O E W T A or T O W E S? Yeah, but it's, it's like pronounced Taves. Taves. Yeah, yeah, like Jonathan Taves. Captain Toes. <laughs> anyway, there's a famous hockey player with that name. So in the story, <laughs> there's this Mennonite uh, Mennonite compound in Bolivia where the is men stuff that makes Superman weak. No. The men on this compound got um, a horse tranquilizer, and they put it into spray stuff, and they would go around at night raping the the children and women of the community. So it's like there's like 150 Mennonites living there. And then for years, they were complaining to the elders there that they were like waping up, raped, and with blood and semen coming out of them. And then they eventually caught guys using these sprays on them, and it like tore the whole community apart. And... This was like in the news in 2009 or whatever. It was mm-hmm. a good Vice Media article about it. Anyway, Miriam Taves, who is a former Mennonite from up in Canada, she wrote a story that was like, here are the women deciding what to do after the men are now coming back from prison mm-hmm. and they have to decide are you allowed back into the community or not. Whoa. And so the book takes place over three days of these women just like talking to each other, trying to be like, we, you know, part of us still loves these men. Part of us can never forgive them. Right. As Christians forgiveness is one of our prime you know motivators how could we ever provide forgiveness in this circumstance to these men mm-hmm. pretty intense book easy read women talking that's my you did not expect this wow. suggestion from me yeah the only book that i can think of that I, you think that i wouldn't read is that weird devops novel that i'm reading but that's <laughs> like just nonsense town yeah it's not worth the recommending unless you're in going into devops uh, Jer also asked, yeah. so on a related vein, uh, you mentioned how your respective partners try out the films and TV that you guys are interested in pretty frequently. Yep. Have they ever recommended to you anything that you either enjoyed or bounced off from? Um, Deb and I go back and forth a yeah. lot, and I don't know that I've found a lot of things that I really like to I think I've talked about it on this show. I know Jared is a longtime listener, but like, yeah. there's, there's no way that I would have watched... Uh, all of Gossip Girl if I was not in a relationship with Sarah. But I uh-huh. did, and I loved it. <laughs> and I think I've even talked about it previously on the show, just like in terms of like a show that is like, I don't care about necessarily anything making sense. I just care about like rapid-fire plot advancement, and every single decision is what can ratchet this drama up like as quickly and as fast as possible. Just I found it like enrapturing as a, as a viewer. Like, single hmm. episodes dealt with more like pure like high school drama plot than like seasons of other shows like Mm. like, in a single episode you have a single like a character who like runs away from home uh falls in with a bad crowd but then finds her creative spark in that bad crowd becomes a like overnight sensation like street uh fashion designer who now is suddenly like trending worldwide and like finding her niche. This is one episode. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, what? Like, this is like a, an enormous arc 
spread out into that. And I don't know, I found it just completely like I've always been like I've always had a, a teen drama soft spot like in my heart. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's no way I would have watched all of Gossip Girl if it wasn't for Sarah. And then like and like to the point where we were watching it as it was coming out being like the new episode is out. Let's watch it. Like it's good. It's, uh, I've talked about The Good Place before. That was when I was Pac-Man watching show. that. Mm-hmm. And I was Season working in the just out, eh? Stoked for it. Yep. Um, finishing off some other shows before we, we get to it. Uh-huh. Um, where I was in the other room listening to it as I was working on, on stuff on the computer and then just kind of dragged myself over to the couch and sat down and, and binged it with, with the wife. Yeah. Head dancing. Old set thing together. And Solid cast. Yeah. Kristen Bell. Kristen yeah. Bell is, is, is great and is uh, a star player. And I think uh, it's hard because we have a lot of things that we just don't want to watch that the other person watches. So we have some time that we we spend apart and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, divide like, up the TV. Like Sabrina. Sabrina was probably one that Russ hmm. wanted to watch a lot more than I did. Yeah. Debbie got me on to um, 7 <clears throat> Up, I think it's called. Maybe it's not called it's 7 Up. Soda. Seven yeah. Up is the um, no, it's the British. Yeah, yeah. So they, where they, where they keep like every, every seven years they 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 follow up. Yeah, Sarah watched all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but they're still coming out. There's yeah, like a, there was a new happening. one. Yeah. Has anyone... As people drop in and out, some, yeah. sometimes they don't want to do it. Yeah. One. Yeah. Two, exactly. seven years. Like, yeah anyway, Deb has been following it her whole life, and and I had never seen any of them, and we rented a bunch of them from the the, the library. There was a stretch where they were on Netflix. I feel yep. really. Yeah, yeah. I missed it. I watched. Like I think up to forty nine yeah. on on Netflix. Yeah, so weird. It's an interesting, super interesting. Thing. It is. Yeah, it's kind of like the like what do you Boyhood. call it? Uh, Boyhood, but like yep. <laughs> in, in real time. And it's just like just like people, right? Like it's like yeah. not, nothing extraordinary, whatever. We're like we just picked seven babies and we're like, see you every seven years with the BBC. Pop, pop, pop. Like, <laughs> I guess. Do you think they have like the maybe like did they help pay for their school or whatever? They must. I think they got some money. Yeah, yeah, it, like, yeah. It can't be but enough, not, I think, to alter... Not so much, though. No. Yeah, but no. that's it, because none of them seem to be, like, loaded. And I'm like, how are these people not famous? They're on, like, a show that's been running for 50 years. Yeah, but, like, years. how much fame are you going to get out of it, really? They I mean, talk about one, that. One of like, the, it's one weird. Of them, you get recognized, and then... One of them even uses her time on the show. Like, they ask her a question, and she answers it about, like, trying to promote some charity or something that she's doing. <laughs> like, she just, like, doesn't even answer the question. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, your it's just all interesting to see what they choose, what they don't choose, um... Yeah. It's stuff like that that always makes you think that oh, like we're very close to Truman Show. <laughs> well, it, there'll be a point where we'll all be living in a Truman Show, and it won't even. If we're not already. We're not already, but <laughs> like, think of yeah, how long the... it's going to be before everything is recorded, and you you could have a, an AI put together a Truman Show recording of your life without it being built spe- specifically. You know, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Like just but then a huge portion places. of your life is going to be just you watching other people's Truman shows. Isn't that depressing? Right. <laughs> That's our. Let's uh-huh. take a full retrospective of Scott's life, watching documentaries on YouTube. Sixty-five percent of the time spent in front of Netflix. <laughs> Another news: Terrace House. <laughs> have you guys watched Terrace House yet? No. What's that? Oh man, I think I, I must have, I've, I've I, seen a little bit. I Griff, must have talked. Griffin about McElroy talked about it. Yeah, I must have talked about it on the show a little bit. I've only ever watched like an episode or two. What's it, it called? Really hook me. It's, it's like a Terrace Korean House. Big Brother. Yeah, a Korean or Japanese Big Brother, whatever, but with absolutely no drama and just like slight irritation and annoyance and then like low-key drama and like okay. like everything is like i hope he asks me out to dinner tonight and then he like cuts to them in the kitchen being like good morning good morning and it's just sort of like that was nice how he said good morning 
And it's just like it's just a quiet and chill for the entire time without any like massive explosive like arguments or drama fest. And it's like never before has like the cultural disparity between America and like Southeast Asia been like illustrated in. Mm-hmm. And apparently one of the big things about it is that um culturally roommates are not such a big thing. Like people often like live alone in tiny little places instead of like living in a bigger place with hmm. a group of people. So you either live with your family or you live by yourself. So they're like, it's even weirder in that culturally these youth are not normally exposed to even like roommate culture. So like the idea of like someone eating your food out of the fridge is just like, why would he do that? You know, (laughs) (laughs) it was clearly mine. And you're like, whoa, it's not that big of a deal. Anyway. Yeah. Terrace House is on Netflix. It's weird. So just to expand on Jer's questions a little bit, Uh there's all kinds of weird media that I consume and don't talk about on the podcast yeah we only have an hour every two weeks like i i listen to a lot of have gun will travel the 50s radio show uh western at at night um there's a youtuber who does uh asmr fantasy talk that i'm completely in 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 love with you wanted to even do that right like you were you briefly i know i was like man does anyone else do this oh this girl does this and it's great Mm mm-hmm like you go on a little mission and you come back to the inn and she whispers quietly like oh you met the mermaid that's nice <laughs> right She's to sleep <laughs> like how cold i mean we were yeah we always joked about that it just being like like the asmr uh like D campaign being like you walk through the forest leaves crunching beneath your and feet. the table's unconscious exactly there's some orcs over there don't want to disturb them <laughs> You're just like no combat or anything. Yeah, uh-huh. no, but, but she she did this. There's there's like a good eighteen videos each between a half an hour and an hour long, and I don't think I've heard the end of any of them. <laughs> Falling like right asleep. Exactly. Your mission tonight is to find somewhere super cozy to just curl up and rest. <laughs> you look weary, traveler. <laughs> Let me make you some tea. <laughs> John, I'll be disappointed if your D&D game does not incorporate <laughs> quiet ASMR in style. It's over. It's and then done. The Rock shows up to beat the bad guys. They're um, all sleeping. The other idea that Jared popped in is something that we actually are going to be doing, I think, at some point. Maybe when it gets a little more wintry and we're a little less busy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying, do you guys have list grievances? And he's like, there must be some films ranked in places that are driving you crazy. Oh, is uh, that Mad Max movie that's always up there near the top? I mean, I feel that it'll just get even further to the top. I, I wrote such a I wrote a massive piece as to why Empire Strikes Back is not the best movie. If you look for that on 9to5cc, you can find it because Mad Max is better. Um, but yeah, what if each of you picked a movie and then argued why its current position is a travesty against cinema? Which I think we are going to do a re-rank. Uh, we're not going to necessarily get into it right now. but Yeah, I'm sure we could each pick out... I even thought for a while of doing an episode where we each picked five. And just did a change. Like, there's definitely... There's room for improvement. Yeah, there's, there's some that we... Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I remember you guys nerfed uh, my Edge of 17. Like, it even... If you look at it right now and you look at the quotes, it is... The quote doesn't make any sense. This is pretty high for a teen girl comedy you're trying to sell to us. It's better yep. than Stand yep. By Me, and it's now below Stand and By that's Me. Ba- and that's below Stand By Me, because <laughs> I lost that argument. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I we, mean, look at the top of the list. It is really heavily weighted towards... You know, fun favorite movies. Fun favorite movies. Which we could that, we, we could which, totally put some time into. Which I think is yeah. a function of the list, though. At the same time, these are our favorite movies. They're not yep. necessarily. No, no, I disagree with that. Not necessarily comment. 
fun favorite deserves more critical weight than it gets. In yeah, film. fact. Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, no f- critic has really said, "Man, Ferris Bueller is is, is so perfect." It's like, like, oh, it's fun, and I laughed at it, but let's move on to like, real movies. Like, let's be fair. The Shawshank Redemption would have a hard time cracking our top ten. It's, like, widely regarded as, like... The perfect movie. Well, number I don't know about that. It's, it's at the top of the, like, IMDb, IMDb list, and it has been for a long time, but that says more about, like, the IMDb demographic but than But there's it other... It's, it's also, but it's top five... It's high rank. It's top five in most, like, most yeah. cinema lists. Like, Shawshank Redemption, I feel, is, like, up there. Schindler's List is also always very high. Sure. Like, you know, like, the, there are some movies, like... Like, Schindler's List, I feel, probably wouldn't, like, would maybe make top 20, like, on our list. Like, I would... It's the, a very... the problem... The, pro- the, the problem with a movie like Schindler's List has... No time travel. Yes. No dinosaurs. No, Robot jocks. No, no, the, the, serious, the serious thing is the prerequisite for getting onto the list is it has to be a movie we've recently watched. Right. And... The three of us are not itching to sit down and rewatch Schindler's List. Which, like, in and so, of like, itself... Is... Debbie and I have had it on our list on Netflix for, like, a year. And every time, it's like, do I want to sit there and watch three hours of this? Right? I like, don't know. Life, life is Beautiful, heavy. La Vita y Bella, was one of my favorite movies. It made me cry in the movie theater. Yeah. And when it came out on video, I bought it and, and never put it in my it. VCR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's a real thing. That, like, that happens often. Like, I... Yeah, it's like when you see like a three-hour runtime or whatever, and you're like, and I know it's a downer and it's a bummer, and you're like, do I want to put myself into this? I can appreciate it as a great piece of film. It's just for our rules, we have to recently watch them. And like I've been, I have literally been postponing, I guess, because I mean I'm sure I will eventually rewatch it, but like I haven't rewatched Godfather one and two in a very long time, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, and especially like like pre-podcast even, and that's been like nine years. And I'm like, that's a, the I like. I'm like, now we have an active list of movies, and I'm like, and I know they're amazing, you know, like they're still pretty long. Huh? They're still long. They're and still heavy. really long, and yeah. they're also like they're like heavy, you know, it's like hard to rank two, man. Yeah, I put it'd be two, hard to rank The Godfather. Mm-hmm. I put two over one is my always <clears throat> favorite, but I think it's because historically I know more about the time in Cuba, but like, but that's really no James Caan. Yeah, I mean they're I, they're I, like they're both insanely good, but I'm like I prefer two to one. But you're still like you're like how do you rank that heavy movie that is like inarguably a masterpiece? Apocalypse Now, same thing. Yeah. I have it on my Netflix to watch list and just stare at it. Going, we don't have yep. Ferris Bueller's on here. No, nope. yeah, we, we gotta put yeah. that on. Yeah, that's a tough well, one. we can make that a homework assignment for all of us to watch it. Yeah. Have it fresh. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, an, it's an easy watch. Yeah, that's not that hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, where does rewatchability stand? Like, who's to say the Ferris Bueller is better or worse than like Apocalypse Now? If someone was like, "Want to watch Ferris Bueller?" I'd be like, "Sure." Want to watch Apocalypse Now? Uh, Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Was this the ninety? I think it was Friendos. Uh, so yes, Jared, to answer your last question, I think we're going to do a little list special, possibly even as a Patreon exclusive, because the last one was so maybe only. You will get to listen to it, <laughs> <laughs> or any of our other patrons. Thank you, everybody. Hi, thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. 
We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us. John? If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcast, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.